Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. In Proverbs chapter 1, verse number 8, my son. Anytime you hear my son, it's a form of addressing someone with utmost care and utmost concern. You see that throughout the Bible. It's like, pay attention. I really care about you. I want you to get this. My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace upon thy head and chains about thy neck. When a child regards his parents with obedience, when a child regards his parent with respect and reverence, you know what God considers that? In Proverbs chapter 1, an ornament of grace. In other words, that's an ornament that never gets old. That's an ornament that never goes out of style. And this idea in Proverbs chapter number one, you, you see this? My son, hear the instruction of thy father, forsake not the law of thy mother. How is that wisdom going to come to pass in a home? Well, very simply, I'd like to submit to you this morning. Mom and dad have to be around. And mom and dad have to be around and pay attention when they're around. <laughs> I've been guilty of the past is I'm there, but my mind's on something else. Have you ever done that? <laughs> There's the old saying, wherever you are, be there. <laughs> Dad comes home from work, but his mind's still on work. <laughs> so we need to pay attention. And in order for us to teach our children to pay attention, we need to first pay attention to them. Paying attention pays off would be what we'll go with. What is the one thing that your child will do forever? Now, if they're before an age of accountability, they'll definitely do this forever. And if they're saved, they're definitely going to do this forever. If you're saved, you're definitely going to do this forever. What is it? We're going to worship the Lord. That's one thing we're all going to do. So when we say it's Sunday morning, it's time to go to church. It really isn't. It's Sunday morning and it's time to go worship. Now, I know I'm splitting hairs, but I'm trying to draw out the fact that too many times we get comfortable just going to church. <laughs> No, we're going to worship. We're going to learn about the Lord. He's who we love. That's who we say we love. Well, we just go to church. No, we don't. We go to worship. We can't forget that. We've got to pay attention to those things. But distraction hits. And the same way, this whole idea in Proverbs chapter 1, the father and the mother and not forsaking the law and all that, well, they have to be there. And then they have to mentally be there. But too many times we go to church. We're here in the church house. But we're checked out. All we did was go to church. 
All we did was show up at the church house, but we never came to worship. When it comes to our families, mothers, fathers, grandmothers, grandfathers, aunts, uncles, we've got to model this idea of worship. If we're, if we're not careful, here's what church becomes. Yes, yes, kids, when they grow up, here's what church becomes for them. It was a place where I came to be told to be quiet. It was a place where I came there I was told to behave. It was a, a place where I came where I was told to sit still and stand still. If we're not careful, that's all church will turn into. Now, do we want the kids sitting up straight and still and paying attention? Of course we do. I'm not saying that to put forth we should just have disorder and ruckus. What I'm saying is, if that's all it becomes and we forget to worship, shame on us. Kids make noise. That's kids. You remember when you were a kid? You ran around and you made noise and you did things and you came in late for church and you had to call them. You know, it, it, that's what kids do. Now, I'm not saying we just let them get by with everything. That's not where I'm going. And I hope you get that. What I'm saying is it's got to be about worship for parents. If we're not careful. Church becomes, well, we go because we know it's good for us. Church becomes, well, I just want to give my kids something better than I had when I grew up. Church becomes, well, the sermons are short and the music is good. Well, unless you're here, then the sermons are long and the music is good as long as I'm not leading. <laughs> but, but you see what I'm saying? If, if that's all it becomes and we forget to worship, what have we done? We've made some friends. We've created a social club. We've not worshiped God. You are here to learn about God and learn about the Lord Jesus Christ as God. And as a society, we have learned to go to church. We have not learned to worship. We have good intentions. Parents have good time management skills. Well, it's Sunday. We know we got to be there. We're not careful. We become the center and Christ doesn't. Turn to John chapter four. Everybody knows this. If you've been saved any length of time, John chapter number four. Everybody believes when the Bible says you must be born again. Is there any, I mean, it's not a kind of if you want to and if you don't, that's okay kind of thing. You, you, you must be born again, right? You, it, it's required by God if you want to. If you want to be with him forever. But here's what it says in John chapter 4 verse 24. God is a spirit. And they that worship him. Must worship him in spirit and in truth. You know what that is? It's a direct command from God. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. We are coming to the church house this morning. And every time we gather to worship. Where are you going to church? No, I'm going to worship. Where are you going? This shouldn't be the longest hour of the week. This should be the best and the greatest hour of the week. Why? Because the preaching's good? No. Why? Because the kids are sweet? No. Why? Because you fellowship with your friends? No. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ is who we've come to worship. We get to worship our creator, our Lord, our God. All those other things are natural byproducts of having Jesus Christ as the central focus.
Mark chapter 10. And Matthew chapter 18, Mark chapter 10. And Matthew chapter 18. Mark chapter 10 will do first. Hold your finger at Matthew 18. Mark chapter 10. Look at verse number 13, if you will. Or verse number 14. Oh, no, 13. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein that's pretty good jesus said no you bring those kids now i don't know what the disciples were thinking but jesus set them straight and i don't know what people think but the bible should be able to set us all straight let the children come let them be involved let them play the piano let them get involved in the sunday school Show them how to hold some scripture signs. Show them how to pass out tracts. Get them involved in public ministry. They can do more than just vacuum the carpet. And when they get old enough, mow the church lawn. <laughs> okay, there's more to service for children than just that. They can do a lot. We, we go and do the fair. We just finished up the Putnam County Fair. And it's great when you bring the little ones out because... Some of the adults will take them from the kids and they won't take them from the adults. They got that cute kid advantage. Use it. <laughs> right? I mean, what I'm saying is it's a blessing for children to be able to be in a place where they can grow up and actually serve the Lord. Yes, we're small in number, but it's not about numbers. You know that. If we all start serving, and there's something every there's something that everybody can do. Has anybody ever done door knocking as, as public evangelism? If you have, you can relate to this. If you take your kids, I know it's harder. I know it takes a little bit longer. I know they don't walk as fast. I know you look down the street and you see, okay, there's 12 houses. We got an hour. We got to hit every one of them except I've got my two kids with me or two adults and they got two kids from the church and they're going and, oh, it's going to take longer. So what? Go back next week. Children aren't a hindrance. Children aren't a distraction. Jesus said, bring them unto me. So what? They mess it up. Like you haven't messed anything up. Like I haven't messed anything up. You get the idea? Bring them. Matthew 18. Look what it says. Matthew 18, verse 14. Even so, it is not the will of your father, which is in heaven. That one of these little ones should perish. I tell you, when people say, well, going to church was just easier before we had kids. No kidding. <laughs> It's like, yeah, 
living life was so much easier before. Yeah, of course, because it was all about you. That's why it was easier. <laughs> no doubt. That's what we used to say when we were when we were kids. I don't think they say that anymore. But of course it was easier. But I'm telling you, if children are viewed as a distraction, you know what the result of that will be? It will end up being resentfulness, and I stop going. That'll be the result. We've took bless the Lord, oh my soul, and turned it into bless my soul, oh Lord. <laughs> That's what we've turned it into. And unfortunately, the church today is turned into an entertainment center. It is turned into a tradition. It is turned into something that's supposed to be comfortable. It's turned into something that's supposed to be an hour of relaxation for me. And that is not what it's about. It's about worshiping the Lord. Yeah. A 14-month-old crying consistently is distracting. I get it. Kids cry. Yes, kids moving and milling about can be distracting. Kids mill and move about. Church isn't about you and me being comfortable. It's about you and I being challenged to worship the Lord. It's about Jesus Christ. Anybody heard of him? He's a jealous God. He's a merciful God. He's one Lord. He's a mighty God. He's God of gods and he's Lord of lords. He's a great God. And guess what? He's the eternal God in thy refuge. He's the everlasting God. He is the living God. He is with thee and he is upon thee. God is my strength and power. He is gracious. He's greater than man. He's mighty in strength and in wisdom. He's great. He forgives. His hand is stretched out. He is the good news. He's the shepherd and bishop of your soul. God is also angry with the wicked every day. He's in the generation of the righteous. He quickeneth the dead. He is the Lord. He's our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. His throne is forever and ever. He's the king. He's the king of kings. He's my king. I tell you, he's our guide, but he's also a judge. He's my helper and he's my defense. He's for me. If you're saved, he's for you. If you're not saved, he wants to save you. He's my salvation and my glory. He's the rock of my strength. He's very high, who has done great things. Oh, God, who is like unto thee? That's who we've come to worship. We're not going to church. He's good. He's the strength of my heart. He's my portion forever. He's so great a God. He's a son and he's a shield unto me. Greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints. We don't come to fear God. We come to get comfortable. We come for a tradition. God should be reverenced and feared. That's who we've come to worship. He's my defense. He's the rock. He's holy. He's in the heavens. He's gracious. He's merciful. He's the Lord. He's pure. Why are you here this morning? Because the Lord is pure. 
He's a shield unto them that put their trust in him. He's with us. He's a Lord of kings. He's a revealer of secrets. He's righteous in all his works. He's jealous. He's furious. And he's reserved wrath for his enemies. But he's my strength. And he's your strength. Why do you come to church? Because of that. Because of that. Psalm 95 verse 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. We come to bow before God. We've come to submit our spirit to the Holy Spirit. And we joyfully want to follow his marching commands. Think about that. You know what? It's been said. People worship their work. People work at their play. And people play at worship. They just play with it. And it's backwards. The modern church has become a master. At redefining. They become a master at it. It's very subtle, but it's done deliberately and it's done with careful intent. It's no longer this. Come to our worship service. No, no, no. It's come to our worship experience. They need to take out the word service because, well, somebody that's been busy all week, who wants another thing to do on their checklist? Who wants to serve? Come experience. We'll have enough of a flesh fest to give you an experience. And that is what has become the demise and the fall in this Laodicean church age has become. If you can create an external effect where the flesh feels good, we've accomplished something, except you haven't. Because we must worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. We've said this before. We're a small church. Of course we want more people. Who doesn't? We witness. We get very little results. I want more people to get saved. Don't you? Of course we want more results. We're trying to build our music. We're trying to build what we can do for kids on the Sunday school hour. We're trying to build our evangelism. We're trying to do all of that. And we want to continue to pray about that and do more. But we don't want to do it at the expense of worshiping the Lord. That's the dividing line. We want the Lord to be glorified in all that we do. Service shouldn't be intimidating. We say it's all about you, Lord. We say, hey, we want to worship you, Lord. You're at the heart of my worship, Lord. Except why do we all, if we're not careful, why do we all look at our circumstances and allow our circumstances to determine our happiness? There's people right now in Papua New Guinea and Sierra Leone in the midst of summer worshiping without air conditioning. 
the sermon's too long and it's too hot in here. This isn't good for me. Unless you have a medical condition, that's hogwash. We're here to worship the Lord. Paul was in chains and in prisons. People still getting saved, people still praying, and the church increasing. James was killed by the sword. Stephen was stoned to death. I don't want that for you. You don't want that for me. We don't want that for each other. But you want to talk about circumstances? Christians in Afghanistan right now are being executed. Yeah, you get to go to Walmart today and then in the parking lot, meet somebody and pull out your phone and bring up your Bible app and show them John 3.16. Do you see how God loves you so much? Try that in Trashkanistan. You pull out your phone, they take it, there's a Bible app, and you're executed immediately. You want to talk about circumstances? We have more freedom than anybody in the entire world. Yet our evangelistic efforts has turned into, well, I go to church on somebody, and if I happen to see somebody, maybe if the weather's right and the sun is shining oh so bright, and I just happen to have something in my pocket, I'll tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Why are we here? For God to be glorified. And for souls to be saved. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. You pass out into eternity today. Who cares about the house, the car? the farm, the six chickens, the two cows, and the pig, and the dog. In light of eternity, who cares? Hebrews 13. <clears throat> Children won't learn anything except through example, participation, and practice. If you sign them up for Little League, if you sign them up for football, if you sign them up for karate lessons, if you sign them up for piano, if you sign them up for anything, children will always learn these three ways. By example, by participation, and by practice. Now, well, let me ask you kids something. Does practice make perfect? No, not my kids can't answer this. No. Who says practice makes perfect? Put your hand up. Okay. Because it doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. You know why? Because you can practice something wrong and you can get really good at doing it wrong. So what do we want to do as a church? We don't want to have practice makes perfect. We want to have perfect practice makes perfect. In other words, we can do church in a way where kids get good at doing it wrong. And we need to train them in a way where they learn to serve the Lord by our example of adults serving the Lord. Hebrews 13 verse 15 says this, says this. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. Do 
our children, do the children at Pilgrim Baptist see our example as adults giving praise to him? Our lips giving thanks to God. That's how they learn by example. They need to see us doing it. Now, I know many adults were brought up in church and they were told, don't talk, don't move, don't participate. And then when you're 16, you can mow the church grass. <laughs> it's got to be more than that. And I'm going to show you why. Oh, I'm already there. Believe that. Luke 19. I'll give you a minute to turn there. Luke chapter 19, please. It's not just show up, sit down, stand up and leave. That's not what church is about. Luke chapter 19. Watch this. I like this. I think you'll like it. Verse 37. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. You know what God says? If you're not going to praise me, if your lips aren't going to give thanks to me, guess what will? The stones will. We need to put some rocks out of business. We need to hush up some stones. And we need to rise up and set the example to praise God. You know, it's okay. You can say amen. You can say praise God. You can say glory to his name. You can go out and give tracks out. You can hold scripture signs. You can fellowship and have your own little prayer meeting and little prayer breakfast during the week or whatever it is. You need to set the example so the kids see that example. And they, in turn, want to praise the Lord. He's greatly to be praised. One more and then we'll be done. Matthew chapter 18. You know what kids do with rocks and you tell them not to. They throw them. <laughs> I remember I got big, big, big trouble. I don't know if I should be saying this, but I will. It's summer, so nobody will think to do it. It would snow in New Jersey, and we get a lot of it. So my brothers and I, we'd make snowballs, and we'd have a snowball fight. I had the dumb idea of putting a rock in the snowball. Bad news. And I had the bad idea of throwing it at my brother who was facing toward the house. My brother was smart enough to get out of the way, except there was a window behind him. <laughs> and it went through the window. And needless to say, the rocks didn't cry out, but I cried out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm telling you, 
The rocks will cry out to the Lord if you don't. His creation will give him praise if his people won't. That's the principle there. Matthew chapter 18. Watch it says. At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus saying. Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him. And set him in the midst of them and said. Verily I say unto you. Except ye be converted and become as little children. Ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So what are we supposed to do? We all go out and buy pacifiers and coloring books and crayons and, and come to church with a bib on and mashed oatmeal. Like, is that what the Lord's saying? No. You're not still eating mashed oatmeal, are you guys? <laughs> no. All right. No, that's not what's for lunch. So you can relax. All right. Watch what it says. Verse four. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself. That's what the Lord's talking about. That's what he's talking about. Humble yourself as this little child, the same as greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I would pray and I continue to pray. Lord, help us just have a great church. Help us to be great because you're in our presence. Lord, would you build our church? And you know how Pilgrim can be a great church? One, we let the children come. We encourage them to participate. We set the example for them and we allow them to participate and then practice the right way so that they can get better at it and we're okay with them making mistakes. But also, the other way, us adults, we have to become like the children in the sense that we humble ourselves. Aren't kids moldable? Aren't they teachable? Don't they want to please? Don't they want to be ready to worship? They want to believe. A young child will pretty much do what his dad tells him to do because he wants to please him. This is why perfect practice makes perfect. It's tag. We're it. We want to set the right example so they're on the right path. If you've been a parent any length of time, what are they always asking? We'll ask the kids. What's your number one favorite question that you ask? <laughs> when supper? <laughs> it's that mashed oatmeal that got you, amen. <laughs> no, it's a one. It's three letters, and it's one word. Why? <laughs> Go clean your room. Why? <laughs> Go do this. Why? Right? We need to be like little children. Get into God's word. Why is that there? Why is that there? Why is that there? We need to be out witnessing to people. And they say, well, why is that so? Well, here's why. It's no different. We just handle it better as adults so we can function socially. But I'm telling you, you, the more you witness to people, they want their questions answers. Well, why? Well, why? Why can't I get to heaven with being a good person? Why can't I get to heaven by going to church? But as children get older, they need to own their faith. And this is why it's so important for us to set the example so that they know they don't get in on dad 
and mom's coattails. They need to own their own faith. When you get old enough, you can borrow dad's car. But when you get old enough, you can't borrow dad's salvation. Girls, you get old enough, you can borrow daddy's car. But when you get old enough, you cannot borrow his salvation. You need to own it. You need to come to a place where you know the difference between right and wrong. When you get old enough to know the difference between right and wrong, when you get old enough to know that you're a sinner before God, you understand sin. You're mentally able to understand that. God's going to hold you accountable. And that's why he says you must be born again. And so the example is this. The only way to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. One way to heaven. And the exclusiveness of Christianity is what's gotten so many people off track. We want our kids, we want everybody to know that Jesus Christ is worthy to be worshipped. He is the only way to heaven, but you have, you can't just make up terms and come to him based on how you want to. It's by God's terms. He came, he lived a perfect life, died on the cross to pay your sin debt and my sin debt. Our good works, our church membership, our family lineage, our social status. My parent was a Christian. I'm a preacher's kid. None of that gets you to heaven. You must repent and turn toward God and put your faith and trust truly in the only one that can save you for your sins. That's why he came. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He wants to save you. If you've not been saved, it's simple. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.